Anthony A.J. Vaughn is obsessed with all things entrepreneurship and employee experience. His focus and dedication to putting employees first drives him to forever change the world of work. At the fifth annual Weekdays with Bernie conference in Nashville, where hundreds of HR industry leaders and innovative thinkers convened for best-in-class, in-person, and virtual learning opportunities, we sat down with him to discuss the state of DEI leadership and accountability in the modern workplace. To kick it off, we asked him to tell us a little bit about how he came into HR. What's your story? Um, I started a company in 19. You know, we scaled that company. Under Armour was a partner, had a phenomenal employee who frankly should have been a partner, didn't understand career mapping, didn't understand the importance of that. That individual wanted to be um, a little bit more integral in the company, wanted to have equity, wanted to figure out where his next role was going to be. And I ignored that conversation. And long story short, um, he left that brand. And when he left that brand, the company went to zero. And that taught me immediately that I needed to put employees first. Uh, so that is the gist of everything. And I started studying and learning and understanding that mistake that I made and then inevitably found my way uh, into the people space. You have a unique experience on DE&I. Could you explain what DEI is and your approach? Yeah. So diversity, equity, and inclusion, I think from my perspective, you know, diversity can mean many things. There's a lot of conversations happening when it comes to the color of your skin, your, your background, or your gender. But I think there's also other factors that are incredibly important. I think diversity of thought, diversity of execution style, diversity of thinking, um, diversity of working, diversity of where you want to go with your career. So that's incredibly important to me. I think equity and equitable environments and experiences are also important as well. Making sure everyone is fair, everyone is, everything is consistent, policies are consistent, executions internally in the way that you're potentially promoting employees are consistent or not playing any favoritism. And then making sure that things are inclusive, you know, really understanding at an individual level where everyone wants to go in their career, how they want to be supported and treated, making sure that, again, you know, your, 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 your folks in your, your organizations that are from different backgrounds, different genders, different races are meeting, may, being made to feel inclusive and uh, you're respecting and understanding where, they, where they're coming from. So that's my overall point of view. And I think one thing I'll add is everything that I do is pretty operational. So there's a lot of trainings, there's a lot of executions happening in the DEI space, but I like to take a little bit of an out of the box approach and make sure that we can actually bake it into the fabrics of the company. In your experience, what DEI skills and responsibilities should leaders have? Uh, empathy, patience, and patience with themselves. You know, it's going to take a while to really understand this work. Um, what else? I think DEI leaders should understand, and frankly, Actually, that's another thing. There should be a DEI leader at the C-suite level that is managing a lot of the, the, the leaders in the company. So I'll throw that in there as well. That actually has decision-making bandwidth and, and responsibility and effort. I think the last one I'll say for leaders is the ability to, to be patient and honest with the process. You know, it's, it's you know, off the backs of George Floyd and a lot of different things that are happening. Companies are taking a lot of this work and really trying to embed it. But, but being, being gentle with yourself and realizing it's going to take some time um, really trying to figure out how to bake in DE&I to your leadership approach. Of course, DE&I training is helpful for developing these skills, but what comes next? How can organizations hold managers and leaders accountable after DE&I training? So I think post-training, what needs to happen is they really need to understand, or the leaders need to understand, number one, what actually happened within the training. So I think the first question is like, 
did you actually understand what we were teaching you? And I think I would push a lot of companies to not just dive into your typical keynote, your typical fireside chat. I would push a lot of companies to bring in someone at a really deep level and really make change. That can be six weeks. That can be six months. I've even seen companies going for a year and bringing some fractional support to help building out the leaders. Once leaders say, I get it, I understand, I know how to make the impact. I think from then you want to go to your employees first and collect that data. How are they actually making the impact? Are they actually making you feel inclusive? Are they actually respecting your diversity of communication style, career mapping needs, whatever it's going to be? And if over time, and I know, you know we were having a conversation during the, the keynote session where some of, the, some of the variables can be a little bit dicey, but generally, if you're getting to a situation where your leaders and your employees are vastly different, my personal opinion would be to put the employees in a position of power to guide if that leader should remain in the company at a, at a quite literal level. Um, so that's like my perspective on holding them accountable. So in your opinion, how can leaders make more inclusive and equitable decisions? I think understanding, again, every single individual employee that they're leading's perspectives and points of views and communication styles. I think understanding where they want to go. And then I think having empathy and really understanding those variables, keeping track of those variables and using those variables to guide their decisions. Never, never, never make decisions based off of your own personal egotistical point of view as a leader. Make the decisions that are going to be best for everyone, including the company and those that you lead. You talk a lot about recruiting with DEI baked in. Could you explain that a bit more? So I have this approach that really kind of goes beyond the brand. We're actually just joking with someone trying to figure out what's the name of this process should be. But essentially to keep it kind of holistic, I believe that organizations need to find different ways to bake in a lot of honest, transparent communications earlier in the process. We all know how expensive it is to churn out new talent. We all know how expensive it is to have someone that we think is going to be a rock star based off of their resume come in and not live up to not live up to their potential or the bill. We need to find ways to have a third party facilitator. It could be ahead of people. It could be someone from the outside come in and have honest conversations around how that leader for an example, of a marketing department is going to communicate with the copywriter, how that leader of the marketing department is going to provide career mapping support, um, how they're going to hold and have one-on-one -on -one conversations, how that leader conducts decision-making. If you as a leader can get deep into those nuances, have a third-party facilitator hold you accountable and keep you honest and push those communications and those answers and those responses to talent early in the process, you're going to make a better hiring decision. So that's how you actually quite literally bake in DEI, literally from the beginning of this whole process. So before you have employees, that's really how you can do it. What are some other DEI innovations organizations can implement? I would say the Beyond Brand approach is pretty innovative, though it's very simple, but it is very innovative. I think some of the things that I was alluding to in the presentation um, around really understanding the diverse avenues from a benefits perspective and being able to give the employees power to mix and match some of those. Um, and then I think another innovative approach, frankly, which is different, is literally firing leaders because of the emotional variables. There are too many leaders inside of companies today that are paid $100,000, $200,000, $300,000 that are great tactical executors, but they are literally having amazing um, impactful employees churn out of the company because of 
their own egotistical behaviors or their own personality styles or just not respecting some of the DEI variables that I just mentioned today. So those would probably be some innovations that, that can make sense. What about psychological safety? How can leaders keep that in mind when forming high-performing teams? So all of everything that I've said is actually leads up to having a high-performing team. So let's break down a couple of things. Number one, if you understand how someone wants to support the decision-making process, if you understand where someone wants to go with their career and you actually build out a roadmap to get them there, if you actually support them when it comes to their learning and development styles and needs, if you actually understand the communication styles, all of those variables are going to make someone feel incredibly safe and comfortable. I always alluded to being in a relationship, whether it's your, your, your kid, your, your spouse, whatever it's going to be. If you understand how they want to live in this you know, di dynamic of being with you and you can respect their boundaries, respect where they want to go, they're going to feel very comfortable and safe. We're just talking about a simple human being variable. In the world of business, we, for, I, don't, I don't know how we got here, but we forget what it means to just be human beings with each other. So that's really honestly how you can create psychological safety. And then what's going to happen is they're going to work harder. They're going to work faster because they're not going to have any fear. So anytime they see an issue with the way the product is being rolled out or where service is being executed or a workflow, they're going to bring it up to their supervisor immediately in a way that is beneficial, in a way that it behooves the leader, the man. Everyone's going to be on the same page. And that's how you get a lot of high performing teams and moving fast. It's very similar to the sports world. Um, you talk to any great athlete today, uh, they work very well with their team members. The, the, the teams that win the Super Bowl, they work well together. And that's very objectively obvious. And so same, same kind of methodology. And just one last thing, where can people go to connect with you? So I have the E1B2 Collective Podcast, Employees First, Business Second. Um, we've done about 700 episodes. You can, you can check all of that out. Um, E1B2Collective.com. Um, there's, some, there's some content there. Um, LinkedIn. Type in Anthony Vaughn. I know I've been going by AJ, but technically on LinkedIn, it's Anthony Vaughn. Um, and then honestly, and I did this the other day just to kind of see where my status was. Um, if you just Google Anthony Vaughn HR, there's like six pages of content there, which I, I had no idea. So um, there's a bunch of podcasts, blogs, other events that I've done. Um, and my business is there as well if you want to kind of engage with me a little bit more. I want to give a huge thank you to AJ for sitting down with us and sharing how DEI leadership and accountability in the workplace can benefit organizations of all sizes, including yours. We've included links in this episode description where you can connect with AJ via Twitter or LinkedIn, along with the E1B2 Collective and the E1B2 Podcast. As always, remember that your role is as strategic as you make it.